This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Brent Coulter. things listed in our graphic, R-A-F-I-W-I. They actually stand for rain, fire, and wind. And then we see in the scripture over and over again, these three elements used to help us to understand about the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is. And that's one of the emphasis we are making in this series, that the Holy Spirit is not an it. He is a he. He is a part of the Trinity. And I've already kind of laid a foundation the last two Sundays along these lines, so I won't go back and reiterate all those things. But if you missed any of those messages and you're tracking along with us, you can go and listen to them online or at our podcast, or you can also listen to them on our church app. Uh, to catch you up where we are. We've talked about the Trinity a little bit. We've talked about our starting place as we think about the Holy Spirit. Um, once again, all these things depend on your background, that the Holy Spirit um, could just be the last two words of every prayer that you said. Um, the Holy Spirit could be, um, <clears throat> as I've said before, sometimes we're not exactly sure about the Holy Spirit, that you know, we have a, a very definitive idea of maybe who God is, and, and we have Jesus, we have a clear understanding about Jesus from the Gospels and what he does and what he says and how he acts. But then maybe we're not sure about the Holy Spirit. Maybe he's just kind of the crazy uncle of the Trinity. We're not sure what he's going to do or what he's going to say at any given moment. And then what we're trying to understand is that as all of the Trinity shares the same character and activity and that the Spirit of God comes from the Father and that the, the way we have the rela- our relationship with God because of Jesus is through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the personal presence of God on the earth. And he is not different in character um, of Jesus or God the Father. And, you know, they asked Jesus, show us the Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Spirit of God flows from God the Father. So we have an understanding that all three are similar in character, same in activity, same in essence. Um, and then we can, that helps us to understand about the Holy Spirit and what he would do or what he would say or how he would act. And, it, and we started the starting place from love, that anything that God will do in us and through us um, relating to the Holy Spirit will come from this place of love, that when God changes us by his spirit, he's changing us because he loves us. And if God wants to do something through us to be a blessing to somebody else, that he's doing that through us, not to prove a point, not to make a big deal about us but to actually love somebody through us. And then last week we talked about fire. We talked about um, the idea that, that God is burning those things out of us that are unnecessary, those things that are holding us back. And we saw also um, the first week that the Holy Spirit is our helper. So we, we talked about all those things already. You can go back and listen to those messages and you can catch up with us. So today we're going to be talking about gifts um, as it relates to the Holy Spirit. Now... Do you, are you aware of what your gifts and talents are? Do you know what you're good at? Is it, is it, are you still trying to discover it? Maybe if you're a teenager, maybe you're trying to still discover these things. Or a young person, you're still trying to discover maybe what I'm good at. Um, but hopefully the longer you live, uh, the more you're aware of the gifts and talents that you have. Uh, where your aptitudes lie, and hopefully we can hone those things with education and, and with reading and with mentorship, that all of those things that we actually have some natural aptitude with, um, that we can hone those gifts and talents. 
And so the scripture actually says a lot about gifts, a lot about two different types of gifts that we're going to be talking about this morning. An aptitude that would remain, something that God has given to us by his spirit. And once again, the Holy Spirit, the word spirit just means breath. And so what you have... Um, as it relates to gifts and talents, has come from God. There's nobody in this room who is a self-made person. That you came out of the womb um, with certain natural gifts and talents, so things that were given to you, and, and other things that maybe you, know, you see in other people that you maybe wish that you had, that you don't have, you, that you can maybe admire, but as hard as you try, you can't develop those gifts and talents, and that's okay. Uh, you shouldn't be trying to develop in areas that you aren't naturally gifted. And then we're going to be talking about another element as it relates to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. These things that would manifest or would show up in our lives for the purpose of ministering to other people. So we're going to read about those things and hopefully we'll put all of these things together today. I've got a lot of verses for you uh, from the scripture. So let's uh, get started this morning. Now the word... Um, in the scripture that, and I've, I've talked about this also in this series that, you know, depending on your background, uh, if you have a charismatic Pentecostal background, don't worry, I've got you covered. If you've got a mainline conservative Christian uh, denominational background, don't worry, I've got you covered. Um, I have all these different backgrounds in my background so I can identify with each group. Um, and you, it, depending on which group you grow, you grew up in, you either had a major emphasis on this idea or you pretty much had no emphasis at all. Uh, and that the people that emphasize the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, you didn't know about them, you weren't sure about them. Or if you grew up in that group, you think you're the best group in the body of Christ. Um, and so it just depends, once again, all on your background. So these gifts that God has given to us, um, the word gift uh, from the scripture is this word charis, or where we would get our transliteration, this word charismatic. Uh, belief in the idea that the Holy Spirit actually is still operating today, is, is still manifesting today. And then so someone that would emphasize those things would be called a charismatic. And it just, this word really, it just means gifts. And it also, if you combine it with another word, it means grace gift. That these things that would show up in our lives that are given to us by the Holy Spirit, they are gifts. It's a gift. It's something that shows up. It's not necessarily anything that you would do to merit it. And actually, one of the definitions of this word charis um, is... Where am I in my notes? It means a favor with which one receives without any merit of his own. So whatever gifts that you operate in um, that, are, that are there as aptitudes or maybe gifts of the Holy Spirit that God uses you in, that none of these things actually come because... Of merit on your own, and they don't necessarily come or, or come because you're spiritually mature. And we actually see this in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, where we see a lot of these teachings from the Apostle Paul that this church at Corinth was kind of a, a messed up church. They had, a, they had a lot of issues going on, they had a lot of crazy things happening in their church services. And if you don't know about the, the books of 1 and 2 Corinthians, uh, the Corinthian church would write to the Apostle Paul who had planted them as a church, and they had a bunch of questions. And so these, the first and second Corinthians are written a lot of times in response to questions that they had. Now, we don't know exactly what the questions are. We can extrapolate from the responses what we think they were asking. But Paul was correcting them a lot of times, and he kind of called them immature sometimes because of all of these things that were act, um, happening and what they were doing. So let's, um, let's look at some of these things here in first Corinthians chapter three. If you have your Bibles, let's turn over there. 
1 Corinthians chapter 3. Now, what we're going to talk about first, before we get into this idea of gifts, gifts that aptitudes that you have, and then gifts of the Spirit that would actually manifest in your life to be a blessing to other people, that Paul actually talks about a warning about gifts, um, operating in gifts or gifts and aptitude that you might have. Now, I don't know, um, uh, I don't understand, I don't pretend to understand the female of the species um, in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Um, but I can speak on behalf of being a boy or being a man and what it, uh, what it means to grow up as a boy and as a man. And maybe you guys can, can, can agree with me or not agree with me. It's when, when you're good at something as a teenager, you just want to show it off. You just want people to know. You want the girls to know. You want the school to know. You just want everybody to know how good you are at something. And so this is just kind of an arrogance thing that comes maybe from manhood, from boyhood. Maybe we never grow out of it. I'm not sure. Um, that we just like to, to show off or we like to show out about the things that we're good at. Can I get in a man from the boys? You know what I'm talking about, right? And, and this is why, and this is why I always say, and this, this might, I won't, um, this is why I think there's cheerleaders at games, right? For guys. And to see, if there was no cheer, you know what I'm saying? That the girls are cheering us on, so we play harder when there's cheerleaders. If there wasn't as many cheerleaders, we wouldn't try as hard because we're showing off for the girls. You know what I'm saying? And everybody knows, all the boys know what I'm talking about. But the, the more you grow up, hopefully we're still growing, boys, men, the more we realize that whatever we're good at, we, none of it, none of it actually has come from, it didn't sprout just from me or from my name or from my family, that everything that we have that we're good at is, is just God-given. It is just a gift. It's just something that comes from God. And here to the Corinthian church, Paul is warning them and correcting them about some of the things that he would see as it relates to them looking at gifts in the body of Christ, uh, namely preachers. And he's talking about this here, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. He says, As I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. Talking about just being immature. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, you are not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What is Apollos and what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Now I try to read these verses every once in a while to see that my job in the body of Christ, that the Apostle Paul is saying that my job isn't really anything. It's just really nothing. That it is God who gives the increase. You see, what was happening in this church is they were saying, um, who is Paul and who, and somebody's saying, who is Paul and who is Apollos? They are, they're preachers, they are their pastors, they are the ones that teaching them the word of God. And just like today, people will uh, fall in allegiance behind a certain minister, a certain way of teaching the scripture, a certain belief set um, from a certain minister. And they will say, I follow so-and-so. And they will say, no, I don't follow so-and-so, he's a heretic. I follow so-and-so. 
And like, no, I don't follow so-and-so. He's a heretic. And then we, we pick our favorite TV preacher and we pick, we, we pick our favorite teacher, all these different things. And we, we separate based on the preacher that we love the most. And what I try to tell all of us all of the time, that Jesus should be our favorite preacher by like a million that he should be the one that gets our affection most and we should honor and, and respect the people that are teaching us the word of God. But Jesus needs to be like number one and everybody else needs to be way down the bottom of the list. That Jesus needs to be the one that we give our affection to and our allegiance to most versus just some famous preacher. Because all the famous preachers and all the preachers are going to die. But Jesus is the one that died on the cross and rose again. So he's the one that we give our affection to. He's the one that we give the preeminence, uh, the preeminent place in our heart. So you're like, well, I'm a Paul, I'm a Paulist, and I could name all the famous preachers right now, and you'd be like, yeah, that's my guy, or yeah, that's my girl, and yeah, this and that. And I was like, eh, Paul is saying, don't be a baby. Don't be a baby, it's time to grow up. Paul is nothing, Apollos is nothing. Any famous preacher that you're thinking of in your head right now, they are nothing. It is God who gives the increase. And it is God who gave the gifts to those men and women who are teaching you the scripture. God is the one who gives the increase. And if you have been blessed by me or any other preacher and you learned something and you grew in your faith, it was God that grew you. Because those gifts in the body of Christ, they are gifts. They are given to those people. They didn't do anything to merit it. And whatever ability I have as a pastor or a preacher, I didn't do anything to merit it as a gift given to me by God so that I can help people grow in their relationship with God, not grow in their relationship with me, grow in their relationship with God. So Paul is saying, don't be immature. It's time to grow up. God is the one who gives the increase. First Corinthians chapter four, verse one, he says, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and of stewards of the mystery of God. This is what the Apostle Paul, who wrote the scripture that we read, he's saying, this is how you should regard us, servants of Christ. The people that are teaching us the word of God, well, what are they? They're servants of Christ. They're not the superstars of the body of Christ. Are you with me this morning? That we, we, we shouldn't worship them. We shouldn't worship any preacher or pastor or anything that we worship God. And we honor the people, obviously, that... That teaches the word of God. But he said, this is how you should regard us, servants of Christ, stewards of the mysteries of God. Verse 6, I have applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, and none that, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another. For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? So that's the question. What do you have, what do I have, that we didn't receive? That wasn't given to us? What? Well, you know, I earned the money. The money that's in my bank account. The money that's in my RSP. I earned that money. Using whose gifts and talents? Well, my gifts and talents. But where did you get those gifts and talents? Where did you get them? You got them from God. So what do you have that you didn't receive? Nothing. All that you have, all that I have, we received it. It is a gift from God. And then it continues, if you received it, why do you boast as if you didn't receive it? So whether it's aptitudes, 
that have, that we have in our lives that remain, or whether it's a gift of the Spirit that we are used with, we shouldn't be boasting about. It is not a place of boasting. It's not a place about lifting up uh, to preachers. And, you know, once again, I, I've grown up in, in circles where, where preachers and ministers are used in a certain way, and then afterwards it's like hero worship. But people shouldn't be worshipped. They don't deserve it. Are you with me today? That we worship God. We honor God who is the giver of all of the gifts. <clears throat> Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 3, he, he continues, uh, verse 4, he says, Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in, sufficient in ourselves to claim anything coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So the thing that we minister to people, the thing that we uh, bless other people with is the Holy Spirit of God. However the Holy Spirit of God has given us gifts and talents and however he's using us in any given moment, that we are ministering the Spirit to other people. So what is it? What is my job description? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 It says this, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So my job in the body of Christ is not to be a superstar, is not to be extra famous more than all the other preachers or whatever the case may be, or to measure myself against other preachers and this is how anointed I am and versus this person that I'm more anointed or less anointed, blah, blah, blah. I don't have any time for that stuff. What is, what is the purpose of any ministry gift in the body of Christ? To build up the body of Christ, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So what I'm going to be talking about this morning is I want to equip you, to build you up, to strengthen you, so you can see and know that God has blessed you with gifts and talents. And then also, at any given time when you are loving somebody and caring for somebody, that His Spirit could manifest and do something amazing through you to bless somebody else. Just to equip you to go out. Just to go out and do amazing things at your job and do amazing things in your community. Amazing things in your family. That God wants to use you in so many different amazing ways. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and look at these gifts of the Spirit. Now there are nine gifts of the Spirit. Last week we, we talked about the fruit of the Spirit. And there were nine fruit of the Spirit. And now the fruit of the Spirit is something that's more related to character. There's more related to choices that we're making, how to live and how to act. Now the gifts of the Spirit, as Paul already described, ha- actually have nothing to do with your character. They actually have to do with God using you to be a blessing to someone else. To in, in a certain situation that you could be praying for somebody or talking to somebody or they could be in a difficult situation. And in those moments that the Holy Spirit will manifest... And do something amazing through you, not so that you can be famous and that you can be a superstar in the body of Christ, but so that you can be a blessing to someone else and actually help somebody else and do something for somebody else. And this is what the gifts of the Spirit are all about. So we see here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, let's read and let's talk about these things. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know... That when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand 
Now, here's something that was happening, and this is funny. This is something that was happening in the context of their church. I don't know if it was in a church service or what was going on, but this, so he's, here's one of the questions that he's answering. He says, therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. So I don't know what the context of this was or where this happened, but apparently someone stood up and said, Jesus is accursed. And the whole church is about following Jesus. And so he, Paul is having to explain to them, hey, no one inspired by the spirit of God is going to be putting Jesus down. Let's be clear about that. So here's a simple question that he's answering. No one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all and everyone. Now we see the Trinity there. I've underlined it for you. We see the Spirit. We see Lord, which represents Jesus. And we see God, which represents the Father. So... Paul is describing to us, he's teaching us that all of these things are from the Spirit of God. They are from God the Father, and they're coming to us, and they're going to be manifesting in our lives by the Spirit of God. Now, let's read about what they are. Verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now, that word manifestation is different than some of the other gifts that I've described to you. The natural gifts and the talents and aptitudes that you have for the, for the various and sundry gifts that there are, that gift, you have it all the time. It's always with you. It's how you think. It's how you live your life. But here, this is a manifestation. This is something that shows up in a moment of time for a purpose. It's not something that stays with you. It's not something that you have control over, as we're going to see here in a second. That the Spirit of God will use you in a moment of time, in uh, an opportunity where you are serving somebody else, blessing somebody else, He says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Or another translation says, for to profit with all. In other words, these manifestations are actually for somebody else. That God wants to use you with these things that we're going to read to be a blessing so that you can serve someone else. It says this in verse 8. For one is given through the Spirit the word of wisdom, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the one Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. Verse 11. All these are empowered by the one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Individually as he will. So God is deciding when these things are going to be happening. We can't be deciding. But what we can do is make ourselves available. And this is what I described to you in week one. What is the atmosphere in which God will act and he will move and he will use you to be a blessing to someone else? And it is the atmosphere of love. When we decide to be a loving individual and we slow down and we care for people and we listen to people. That's an atmosphere of love. And that's an atmosphere for the gifts of the Spirit to manifest and operate and to do amazing things through you. To be able to be a blessing. It's for the good of others. It isn't for you to get the big head. 
It isn't for you to, after God would use you in one of these things, it isn't for you to say, hey, I just want to know that God used me this week and the word of wisdom didn't use you, just saying. And it's not what they're for. It's not for you to prove something. It's not for you to prove that you believe in gifts. I, I'm, a, I'm a charismatic and I believe in the gifts and this group doesn't. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to manifest just to prove to you. That's not the spirit in which we would want to use these things or to think about being used in these areas. We would want to be a loving individual. We're not doing this for me. I'm doing this to be a blessing to someone else. And a lot of these things you just don't ever hear about. These things that God is doing. And, you know, I, I get to hear testimonies a lot of times and how um, God will use friends and help people just in simple conversations, in text messages, through Facebook, all these different ways. And God will be using people with the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, all these different things just so they can be an encouragement to someone else, just to bless somebody else. It doesn't always need a spotlight. It doesn't always need a church service. That, and there's no mention of a church service. Like Paul is not saying, and in the church service, you're going to have all of nine of these things every time you gather. That's not what he's saying. He's saying the purpose of these is to do the work of the Spirit. And how are we going to do the work of, how are we going to do the work of God? We're going to be just operating in a place of love. And all of a sudden, God will manifest himself. And just so that he can be a blessing to someone else. And I want to be used in these areas. And so should you. So we're going to look at, we're going to see that these nine things that they fall into three categories. Three of them that say something, three of them that do something, and three of them that see something. So the three that say something are prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now we're going to talk about all of those next week. The whole of next week's message is going to be talking about those things. Um, the three that do something are healings, miracles, and faith. The gift of faith. And the three that see something are the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. So we see that just kind of naturally fall into these three categories. Things that are said, things that you would do, and then something that you would actually see. So I'm just going to give you some uh, biblical understanding of these so we can understand from the scripture how these things might operate and then how they will operate in your life. Acts 27 verse 9. So here's an example of a word of wisdom. Or an utterance of wisdom, one translation says. So in other words, that you're going to say something to somebody, that you're going to give a piece of God's wisdom to somebody else. Now that's very valuable, isn't it? Because we know that God knows the beginning from the end, that God is actually has all knowledge of all time before it actually happens. And so here the scripture is saying that we can actually have a word of wisdom, not just our own wisdom, but a word of wisdom from God. That we can actually uh, be aware of something that might happen in the future or as we're talking to somebody, if we could see somebody's acting a certain way or talking a certain way or going to make certain decisions and we could see the outcome of that decision, that a word of wisdom is very helpful in those times where you could say, hey, if you keep acting like this, this thing is going to happen. Or to, just to help somebody see their future, sort of see beyond where they are today. And this is how one of the ways that the Holy Spirit will manifest in your life with the word of wisdom. So we're going to see it here in Acts 27, verse 9. Now the Apostle Paul is on his way to Rome. 
He is a captive, and, he's, and, he, and they're getting ready to go on a boat, and it says this. Since much time had passed, and the voyage was now dangerous because of the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Sirs... I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo and of the ship, but also of our lives. So this is what Paul is saying. So Paul is having a word of wisdom. He's having a measure of God's wisdom about the future. He's saying, I I perceive that this voyage is going to be with injury and we're going to lose and, you know, it's going to be a really bad situation. Verse 11, but the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. Now, here's something that's interesting. So here is a word of wisdom from God that somebody's just ignoring. They just ignored it. And here it's actually from God. Because we, we can read further down the story, this actually happened. This, this, this momentary thing where Paul perceived something that was coming in the future and they heard what God was saying and then they just ignored it. But I think it's really actually funny why they ignored it. Let's continue to read. Verse 12. And because the harbor was not suitable to spend the winter in. So why didn't they want to stay? Because it was going to be too cold. So they ignored the voice of God just because they didn't want to have to deal with the winter. Hey, we're Canadians. We can deal with the winter, all right? And it says this, the majority, so many ways we can go. The majority decided to put out to sea to ignore, ignore the voice of God from there on the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix. My, lo- my wife loves this verse in the Bible. This is where she's from. This is like Phoenix in Europe, though, not Phoenix, Arizona, where she's from. See, this is the way my wife feels every winter. She's like, this is not a suitable place to live in the winter. (laughs) We should follow the scripture, my love, and go to Phoenix. (laughs) A harbor of Crete facing both southwest and northwest to spend the winter there. Want to spend the winter in Phoenix. So they ignored the word of wisdom even though it was there, but we see the word of wisdom, that they had this, this word, this portion, not all of God's wisdom, but a piece of God's wisdom. So this is something that we should be aware of, that God might actually want to use us to be a blessing to someone else. And then in our own lives, this might actually occur in our own lives, that we would have a piece, a manifestation of God's wisdom for our lives. Word of knowledge. Uh, John chapter 4. Let's turn over there. John chapter 4. Now this is Jesus with the woman Um, At the well. Now, a word of knowledge would be a piece or a measure of God's knowledge about something that's going on presently. Not about the future. The future would be wisdom. But a word of knowledge about something that exists right now in somebody else's life. That God would manifest and show up in a way that you would just actually know something that's going on in someone else's life. Now, I had this happen a lot. And a lot of times I don't necessarily uh, do anything or I don't necessarily have to call that person. But a lot, of, a lot of what this is happening is God is asking you to pray for somebody. God is showing, you, showing up and giving you a measure of knowledge about what's going on. As somebody, Hey, they're facing this or they're struggling with this. And God is showing you these things. Not so that you can trumpet it to the world. But that you can actually pray for somebody. Now, if you have a relationship with somebody and you have one of these things, that's a valuable thing to have a conversation with somebody about. But let me say this. This is how you should do it. 
All right, here's the practicality. Your, your eyes don't have to roll back in your head. You don't have to shake. You don't have to say, I was praying the other day and the Lord told me about your life. I just want to let you know. Get rid of all of the nonsense and just love people and talk to people. Because here's something else. You may be wrong. Seeing this too. It's, it's a word. It's, it's, it's a, see, the Holy Spirit is perfect, but he's using imperfect vessels. So this is why we don't take anybody prof, anybody's prophecy, anybody's new revelation and just run crazy with it. We stay with the scripture. Stay with the word of God. Because people are human and they can make mistakes. And so what you can do is without having some big announcement and the Lord told me, the Lord showed me. See, those words make me throw up a little bit when I hear it. It just makes me throw up. Because what people are doing is they're making a big deal about themselves. They're making a big deal about the delivery, being the delivery person, being the UPS guy. But the, I mean, if you work for UPS, I love you. But nobody cares about the UPS guy. They just want what the UPS guy has. Right? They're just the delivery guy. We want the thing that the delivery guy has in his hand. So don't be wearing the brown suit and try to make a big deal of yourself. You're not a big deal. I'm not a big deal. The TV preachers are not a big deal. Jesus and God the Father and the Holy Spirit, they are the big deal of the body of Christ. So if you do all of this extra stuff from whatever your background would dictate, you're making a big deal about yourself. Quit it. Have a conversation. Hey, I was wondering how you're doing. And then you, you could steer the conversation in a direction where you think you could might help somebody with this word of knowledge that God has given to you. And then you don't know what God will do in those moments. If you set yourself up in a place of ministry... God will use you to love people. That's what he wants you to be and do and think about. Just, just be available for God. God, I'm available for you to use me. So many stories there, but here we go. John chapter 4. Let's see it here in the scripture. So Jesus is talking to this woman who, who's not Jewish. She's not in the covenant. She's, kind of had, she's had a hard life. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband for you have had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband. What, what you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Now there's a lot of great things here. This woman's life is really hard and it's really difficult and it's really messed up. But God's spirit is manifesting not because her life is perfect. She has no merit. That God is manifesting himself to this woman 
outside of the context of a church service, outside of the context of the supposedly most anointed place in the world, or the most anointed, well, Jesus is the most anointed, but you know what I'm saying? It's, her life is so messed up, but then God is showing up for her. This is what God wants to do through us. We should expect God to show up in, in, in somebody's life that they're actually having a hard time. That's what we're here for. That's what we're the hands and feet of Jesus for. That he's showing up and, he's, and he, he just tells all about her life. He's like, yeah, you don't, the one you're with is not your husband. You've had five of them. And she's like, man, I think you're a prophet. That's a word of knowledge. <clears throat> Distinguishing or discerning of spirits. Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. So this has to do with seeing in the spirit realm, seeing um, into the, the place, the, the realm where God is. All right? And we can see this here described in Matthew chapter 17. And, you know, some of these other things, and, and, and I'm sure you've seen or heard that, you know, people can try to fake a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. You can't fake this one. You can't make this one up. After six days, Jesus took with them Peter and James and John, his brother, and led him up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, we can make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. So they were seeing into the spirit realm. They were seeing into another, another dimension. And this would be something that would show up or God could use you in this area. And someone's like, well, this thing really scares me. Hey, don't be scared. Nothing as it relates to the Holy Spirit. And if God ever did use you in this capacity, it would be a reason. There would be a purpose to be a blessing to somebody else. So don't worry about it. And if you're thinking, hmm, this is, a little, this is freaking me out a little bit. Hey, don't worry about it. Then just relax. But there, I'm just showing you where it is in the scripture. Gifts of healings, John chapter 5. This is the story of the healing of the man at the pool of Bethesda. And he was there 38 years and there was, you know, all, they were all sitting around, all these sick people, and, uh, all these sick people and they were trying to get into the water. Do you remember this story? Because the first one in the water would get healed and so they're all sitting around there. So Jesus walks up to this man and we can see that this man doesn't necessarily have a lot of faith, that he's not necessarily trusting in God. You know, as we would see in other stories in the scripture, that Jesus would tell people after they were healed, he would say to them, your faith has made you whole, that they would receive something from Jesus. They would receive something of the power of God from Jesus. And Jesus would commend them and he would say, your faith has made you whole. But here we're going to hear a little bit different language as it relates to a gift of healing. It says, one man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to them, do you want to be healed? So he asked this guy a question. Do you want to be healed? And generally the answer, if you're sick, is, yeah, I want to be healed, of course. Verse 7, the sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred and while I'm going another steps down before me. He doesn't really answer the question. He is not necessarily, doesn't even necessarily know who Jesus is. And he's not necessarily bursting with faith. Can you hear his response? He's not necessarily expecting anything to happen. Doesn't even know who Jesus is. And then Jesus said to him, verse 8, Get up, take your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed. And he took up his bed and walked. 
He was healed. That God just showed up in a way and just healed that person. That this is how God wants to manifest in and through you. That he can, by one of the gifts of the Spirit, one of the gifts of the Spirit, namely the gifts of healing. That it didn't actually matter about that person's faith, this guy's faith. He didn't even get healed based on his faith. It says that he was healed. In other words, that healing was just put right on him. And don't you want God to use you in that? Come on. Wouldn't you want God to use you in one of those gifts? Well, how, how are you, how is that going to happen? Well, it, you know, if somebody is sick that you know, or your family, or your friends, and you have a... Re- now, don't be praying for people that you don't have permission to pray for them, okay? Here's another crazy thing that happens. That if you, you could pray for somebody, and then what will God show up? He's going to manifest himself in one of these ways. By his spirit, he's just going to show up. Don't we want these things? How are we going, how are we going to have these, How are we going to avail ourselves to these things? Man, we're just going to love people. We're going to care about people. We're going to, because God is love. And the reason God heals is because God is a God of love. So when we get in that place of love, it's just an open door. I'm telling you, it's just an open door for God to move in all of these ways that we're describing. Um, working of miracles, special faith or the gift of faith in John chapter 11. Now, working of miracles is something outside of the normal functioning of, of, of the world, in a sense. It's just, it is a miracle. Now, you know, people say something like, you know, the miracle of childbirth. Now, I guess it's a miracle that you make it through it, women. I, get, I hear it's very painful. No experience in this area. I got to be there in the room. Didn't seem that hard to me, but... Um, <laughs> she had an epidural. She didn't feel anything. Come on. Come on, it's just joking. It's just joking. It's just a joke. It was just a joke. Maybe I shouldn't have said it, but it still was a pretty good one. Anyway, um, but childbirth is not a miracle. It is a natural thing that women's bodies were created to do. It's, miracles are something outside of the course of nature. And we're going to see this here in John chapter 11 at uh, Lazarus being raised from the dead. That is a miracle. Now, if you think about, I think there's only three occurrences in the Gospels, three, maybe four, where Jesus raised somebody from the dead. So in other words, Jesus, you understand, Jesus wasn't going around raising everybody from the dead that died during his three years of ministry. That Jesus said, I only do the things that the Father shows me or the Father tells me so Once again, this goes back to the manifestation of the Spirit according to His will, according to the decision of God, that God is deciding these things. Same thing in the ministry of Jesus. John chapter 11, verse 41. So they took took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up His eyes and said, Father, I thank You that You have heard me. I knew that You always hear me, but I say this on the account of the people standing around, that they may believe that You sent me. While he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out and his hands were, and his feet were bound with linen, with linen strips and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said, unbind him and let him go. That is a miracle. That is a miracle. Once again, this is not something you can fake. And, and we would see this as a miracle and also special faith. Um, we have faith 
common faith that we would see, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But this would be a different type of faith. And some people would describe it like this. A faith that won't take no for an answer. Just all of a sudden, God will manifest a measure of his own faith in you. And then something miraculous will happen. So we can be available for these things, right? How are we going to be available for these things? Do I have to, do I have to get a ministry card made? Do I have to get Miracle Worker written on my business card? And then that's how it's going to happen? No, we're going to love people, care about people, and just be available for God to use us. So those are all the manifestations of the Spirit, those things that show up, except those other three that we're going to talk about next week and explain those in depth. So now we're going to talk a little bit about gifts that remain, gifts that stay. And for this, I'm going to need um, some people's help, some friends of mine that are here today. So if I can get John and Amy, you guys can come on, give me a hand for a second. And get Carl and Kim, you guys give me a hand for a second. Susie and Anthony, you guys come on and give me a hand for a second. And I need my lovely wife as well, who looks amazing today. Okay, but I need the boys on this side. The men, I should say. All the, the fairer species on that side. So we have a group of people on the stage here who have various and sundry gifts and talents. Now, Kim, tell me again what you do for a living. What area that I you work. work in. I know, I know you work. <laughs> I know you're a business person, but what area is your expertise? Business operations. I know Amy is a nurse, and I'm, I know my wife. If, if, see, I don't have enough time this morning to explain all of the things that my wife is good at. I'm trying to make up for the childbirth comment, all right? She, no, she is very artistic. She's very gifted and, and talented. And the church looks good because my wife is gifted and talented, all right? Susie, yes, thank you. <laughs> Susie is she she was our worship leader for a while and Susie is extremely artistic I will say. Sure. That's what you should if you need something in relating to arts and singing Susie is your girl but don't give her any math problems all right. <laughs> Anthony that's not a put down she's just really gifted. Come on guys spread out like the girls see the girls are orderly over there. <laughs> see we I don't know we're not gifted in this area or something I don't know. <laughs> So Anthony is a public speaker. He does anti-bullying talks at school. He makes movies. He's a writer, does a lot of great stuff. John works in construction. He is a, I know he does construction managing. He works, Alice Don, right? Yep. And Carla is a businessman. Welcome to the stage today. So which one of the, and a pastor. Thank you. No, no, no. Jesus, remember Jesus is our favorite. Okay. Which one of the gifts and talents represented on the stage is the best? I can't believe nobody said pastor yet. Nobody said pastor yet. Which one is the best? None of them are the best. I mean, if you need some medical help, don't call any of us. You better be calling Amy over there, right? If you need um, one of us to sing a song... Don't call us. Call Susie. If you need someone to decorate your house, don't call me. Call my wife. 
And if you need 80s lyrics, she's also awesome for that. Any song from the 80s, she can help you out with the lyrics from that song. If you need someone to do an anti-bullying talk, who do you call? You don't call me, even though I'm a public speaker. You would call Anthony. So which gift is the best? The, the best gift is the one that you need. We need everybody and all of the various and sundry gifts and talents. And do we just need the men? Or do we just need the women? And then men are idiots. We barely even need men anymore because they're just idiots. And they've had so much power for centuries and centuries, you know. So we just need to put them down now and just, they're all idiots. No, listen. We, we need, single men included, we need women. Yes. We do. What are we going to, like, I know I make jokes about it, but I, without the women in my life, I, I would be a mess. <laughs> Hold on. Wait. But without the men in your lives, single or not, you guys, women need men too. Come on now. See, and this is what God does. God gives different talents and abilities, not so we can separate based on differences, but we can actually appreciate the differences and realize all of the gifts and talents that are in the body of Christ and not make one better and they're the best because they're the this. We need what we need at the moment for the task at hand. We need everybody with all of their gifts and talents. Amen. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. First Corinthians chapter 12, the same chapter that has all of those manifestations in the, of the Spirit, Paul continues and he says this, verse 12, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all, of, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one Spirit... We were all baptized into one body, Jews and Greeks, slave or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. So we can see here these were baptized in the spirit. And then here what's, what's being discussed in these verses is talking about gifts and talents. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand and I do not belong to the body... That would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear were to say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, if the whole body were you were, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, what would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God has arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. God gave you what you're supposed to have. You have it for a reason. It's not a mistake. It's not a mess up. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So there is unity in diversity. There is unity that we are all serving the same purpose, that we are all, as, as members of the body of Christ, that we are doing the works of Jesus, that we are the hands and feet of Jesus differently. Different gifts, different abilities, different talents, all the things that aren't even... I mean, this is just a measure of what God has given people in this room. It's amazing to hear about the gifts of God. 
what, what the aptitudes that people have. And it's, it's wonderful. It's there. It's for a purpose. And this is why we talk a lot about serving, because we want you to use your gifts and talents to serve here at the church, to serve the community. So that's why we have different opportunities for people with different gifts and talents to be able to do certain things. So we appreciate all these wonderful gifts and talents in the body of Christ. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says this. For by the grace given to me, as I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. So there is Paul going back to his, hey, don't think you're a big shot. Because he's about to list gifts and talents and abilities. And he's warning once again, hey, you know, don't think too highly of yourself. But to think of sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. We don't all have the same function. We all don't do the same things. So we, though many are in one body in Christ individually, members of one another, having gifts that differ, according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, I'm going to explain that next week, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, if the one who teaches in his teaching, if the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Now, that is not an exhaustive list. We have a list there in First Corinthians chapter 12. We have one here in Romans chapter 12. We have in Ephesians chapter 4. Now, all of these lists in the scripture are not an exhaustive list. These aren't all of the gifts that exist in the church, in the body of Christ. But as we see, what we're supposed to do is the things that we're good at, the things that we have an aptitude for, we are supposed to use those things. God wants us to be available, to be used. That's why he has gifted you. He's gifted you. And once again, it's very easy a lot of times in church world or as they go, you know, the pastor is going to do the ministry. But here's the reality that, you know, people and you can reach people that I actually can't reach and people I don't even know. Do they just need a professional preacher or are you available to be used? Whatever gifts and talents that you have, those gifts and talents that you have will take you somewhere and will connect you with certain people that I will never know. And in the middle of that, where your gifts and talents have taken you, that God will manifest His Spirit in you and through you for the common good, for the blessing of other people, not for the lifting up of yourself or not the lifting up of myself. God wants to use gifted people, which is all of you. And his gifts will also manifest in the middle of you using your gifts. The gifts that abide, the gifts that remain. First Peter chapter 4, we're almost done. I know it was long today. First Peter chapter 4, verse 8 says this. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each of you has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As each of you has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of the varied grace, of God's varied grace. Do you see this? It's different. 
God has graced us, not, not, not merit of ourselves, but he's given us these different, different gifts and talents that we would use them to make a name for ourselves, to be a big shot, to be famous. No. To serve one another. The only way you serve one another is, as we just read, you're going to love one another. Whoever speaks as the one who speaks as the oracles of God, whoever serves as the one who serves by the strength God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So what's the goal there? That God will be glorified. That God wants to use you, your gifts and talents, and then his spirit also will manifest through you with these gifts of the spirit that we read about. So that what? So that God will be glorified. He will be lifted up. And that we can point people to Jesus, not just point somebody to me. That I can lift somebody else up. That I can bless somebody else. And then point them to God so that God will be glorified. Let's just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you this morning for your word. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.